Do you know what song to play, John? No. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like 50 episodes. There we go. There we go. Let's get it going. All right, let's get it cracking. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. This is episode 50 of the Sipping Social Podcast, coming live to you from the Burger Social. First and foremost, we want to thank you guys, the listeners. Without you guys, we couldn't do this. We also got to thank our sponsors. First and foremost, the Burger Social and Bourbon Belly Hospitality. Uh, without the, the space, we wouldn't be able to do it. Sean from Pinhook is sitting up here with us. We got to thank them. They're one of our main sponsors as well. You guys are sipping on a lot of really good whiskey drinks, thanks to him. He's the one that blended that bourbon. We're going to talk a lot about that in a, in a little bit. Uh, I'm I was there the too. Old, oh, oh, yeah, you were there. Yeah, we'll we'll right, talk yeah. about that in all a little right. bit. Um, I'm getting the signal to turn it up a little bit. I'm trying. I'm trying over here. We're working on it? I'm not a professional producer. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, we got to give a shout out to Phase 3 Brewing out of Lake Zurich. My boy Evan, who's sitting over here with that sexy mustache, drove all the way from Lake Zurich with the beer you're drinking. All right. These are our sponsors. The beer's coming out right now, guys. This is a double IPA, hazy double IPA from Phase 3. Uh, it's called Sticker Pack. Uh, I've just had my first two sips of it, and I'm absolutely loving it. Um, I'm going to let Joe pass these out. Uh, Gary, how are you feeling today? I'm sweaty. you sweaty? But it, this is the best ever. The uh, wardrobe changed real nice. I appreciate that. I went down and uh, suited up. That a boy. But no jacket or tie. Okay, cool. Sean, how are you feeling, man? You ready for this? I'm ready. Um I just turned 49, um, and somehow I made it this far in life without having a shot of Rumplemints, so <laughs> I don't know whether to thank you or... Oh, you're, you're, welcome. You're, you're, you're welcome. You're welcome. You are welcome, sir. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Who can we hear? Can't hear anything? That speaker's not working? Nothing? Check one, two. We're going we're gonna to do a check break. We just need to turn it up. Is that the problem? You can, nobody can hear anything? Should I just yell louder, and then the front people can hear, and then I'll just be spitting on people the whole time too? <laughs> I did, and I messed it up, didn't I? I said, "Is that better? Is that better?" Here we go. Let's go oh again. Oh my God! Let's hear it for Garrett. Garrett set that up nicely. I, I twisted the speaker, and now it works. <laughs> I twisted. Oh <laughs> All right, sweet. All right, we're we're back. And we're and back. And we're back. We're checking it. 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 Check one, two. We're good. Everybody, does that sound good? Everybody? Everybody give me thumbs up. Please. Oh, my Put gosh. Down. I was good? here at 5 o'clock setting this up. That was waste of time. Oh, my goodness. You did a great job. And then Gary twisted the speaker and it all came on. Way to go. All right. Back to phase three. Sticker pack. Uh, double IPA hazy goodness. Uh, everybody drink it up. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to Evan for bringing it out and brewing a delicious beer. Um, and coming on the podcast at one time, we did it on the Zoom from the house. It's delicious. Who, anybody here been to Phase 3 in Lake Zurich? We got one in the back. We got, oh, we got a couple here. Awesome. We got a couple people who have been there. Um, now you get to meet the owner, and you can, uh, Bill, you can sign your head if you want. I got Sharpies and everything. It'll be great, all right? <laughs> mine, too. You can do mine as well, all right? 
I, that was the cleanest joke I could have made out of that. It could have, it could have been a lot worse. So that's, that's the way I went with it. Something like kissing babies and... Shaking hands? Shaking hands. Shaking, shaking something? Yeah, signing something else. Perfect. Um, I've had a ton of Phase 3 beer. I think Pixel Density, their core beer, is probably my favorite. Uh, we actually have it on draft right now. It, um, I think it's 750 or 8 bucks for a 16-ounce pint. If you guys are looking to get another beer on draft tonight or something, you should definitely get that. Obviously, uh, Andy, my co-manager who runs the beer program, does a great job. There's lots of good beer up there. But phase three is dope, and uh, definitely shake Evan's hand and uh, wiggle his uh, mustache a little bit before you guys leave tonight, all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, did everybody get a beer? It's so dirty. <laughs> everybody got a beer, right? Yeah. Everybody enjoying the beer? Beautiful. Thanks, Evan. Really appreciate you, brother. Uh, at the end of the show, he brought some special barrel-aged Oktoberfest stuff that he's going to pour out for anybody who wants to try it. That's going to be later on after we drink whiskey and more beer and whiskey, and then more beer. One so, more rumple. And John will have uh, four fingers of rumplement, so. I poured you a pretty hefty one. No, it was delicious. Thank yeah, you right. very much. I okay. appreciate it. I'm glad my warm one was real light. It's perfect. <laughs> all right, sweet. So let's get into some restaurant news. Uh, we got a lot of big news to talk about in downtown Wheaton right now. Um, Garrett and I are currently working on uh, proof number five, our fifth restaurant with the group. Uh, we want to thank the owners for the opportunity for Garrett and I to get to do all the things that we want to do with this. It's going to be amazing to be right around the corner on Front Street over here. Um, we're looking at, everybody's got a different timeline of when it's going to open. We're just going to say mid-November to mid-December, okay? In that month, I think that it will open, right? I got, other, I got someone else saying March, so Garrett thinks, Garrett thinks January. Yeah, I think, yeah. All right, so the, the general contractor right saying now. one thing, one owner saying one thing. And one owner is saying another thing. So we're uh, gambling opportunities will be on the MGM website. The new <laughs> yeah. casino has a new app, so uh, you, you can bet. Johnny's gonna put the eyes Use on promo there. code Sipping Social Podcast. Get twenty five percent boost. Twenty five percent boost. <laughs> nice. Uh, upscale everything is all you need to know about that place. We've seen the designs, uh, the blueprints, um, some of the stuff that they're gonna put in there. It's gonna be a destination joint for the western suburbs. It's gonna be an experience like no other in the western suburbs. Super super excited about it. Um, look for that uh, coming up in the next couple months. Um, Garrett, last time we were together here, we were talking about the construction in Glen Ellen and the pizza joint that's going in by Maze. Is that still going down? I mean, maybe. Nothing's changed Nothing's on that front? Oh, yeah, I, don't, I see like people like walking around wearing their polos with their logo on it, and that's it. So I, I, don't, so know th I, don't, I don't know what that means. Okay. That should be another gambling opportunity. When is that place going to close? So when, the, when it closes? Yeah. <laughs> Not when it opens? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited because um, there's nothing like walkable for pizza in Glen Ellen, from, in downtown. So okay. uh, I love pizza. I probably eat too much of it. But at least in, in Wheaton, you've got two spots. You could get pizza if you wanted. Uh, in Glen Ellen, there's nothing. There's so, nothing. There you go. Well, I mean, I guess there's fire and wine, but they're not open for lunch. Sure. Sean, have you ever been in Glen Ellen and spent any time at Maze and Mash? I've been to Maze and Mash. How'd you like it? Um, a bunch of Garrett's friends brought some 190 proof whiskey. There's not 190. <laughs> that sounds about right. There's not 190. Um, that sounds 100% right. I don't remember much about it. 195 I, proof. I Sean, think it was wonderful. Sean spent a weekend, weekend uh, one night. He, he doesn't remember anything and had a great time. <laughs> it was awesome. It was, like, it was almost a year ago. I think it was. It was, it was yeah, right when, yeah. right when uh, was, Batch 6 came out. Correct. Cool. The vertical series of six came up. Like you, you hadn't bottled it yet, and you just had, you just showed up with a bottle with a with a little tiny sticker on it that had the proof on it. And That's exact. You're exactly right. Yeah. That's the best thing about the vertical series. I can always remember. It's like a little marker, time marker. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, 
that, 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 that vertical series. We, Sean brought the new seven-year with us today. Is that a rye uh, or a bourbon? Bourbon. Nice. And we'll get to try that out later a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Everyone nice. here will be the first civilians to, to give it a test. <laughs> the first civilians to try that. Johnny, guess what? Guess what the... That's Let's hear it for the civilians. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. Johnny, guess what the guess what the proof is? 125. Do you know, do you know One, what it is? 115. Ooh. But that's actually cast strength, so. That's light. It's light. It's light for Garrett. Um, <laughs> it's light for but Garrett. But that's cast strength. Barrel entry is 120. So everyone always thinks of proof going up, but it depends on the aging environment. So these barrels are aged in concrete and brick warehouses where it's much cooler. And so you actually um, evaporate more alcohol than water because alcohol evaporates at a lower temperature than water. So who knew that? <laughs> who knew that? I don't know. If that, that? I don't know if that deserves a round of applause, <laughs> but I like it. Thank you, water. He's gonna, he's gonna clap for everything. Thank you, water, for evaporating earlier. Thank you, water. <laughs> uh, we'll get more into the bourbon, uh, the pinhook bourbon, in a little bit. Um, quick, a couple more announcements on the restaurant side news. Uh, Garrett got some chimney glassware for Sipping Social Podcast, some merch that we're going to roll out at the end of the show. We got t-shirts we're going to be selling for 20 bucks a pop that's hanging on that wall. We also got uh, this glassware, we're calling them chimneys. Chimneys. Chimneys for 10 bucks a pop. You're definitely going to need to buy two of those. Um, come talk to us after the podcast for that. I meant to mention that at the beginning. I don't know why I skipped over it. I don't know why it's in restaurant news either. It was, it was, it's part of, we're in a restaurant. All right. All right. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I really bonged me on one. My bad guy. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I meant to tell you guys when you're talking about your opening date, because I opened five restaurants. I used to be in the restaurant business. I no, would focus. No big deal. Huge focus, brag. Huge brag. Focus yeah. on the year, not the, the month. The month? All right. Yeah. So 2022, I like That's it. my advice. We're, we're going with 2022. You go 22, 23. Says. Just pick your year. Perfect. <laughs> um, it's supposed to be 19. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, pre-pandemic, uh, yeah. right? Um. Our company's going to be brewing some beer with uh, 93 Octane next week. Uh, that'll be available at our restaurants. That's going to be a great day. We got to have a couple of those guys on the podcast. They brought on a very cool thing called the Beer Staddle. If you don't know what a Beer Staddle is, listen to episode 47. Yeah, it's two episodes ago. Two episodes, yeah. yeah. Oh, so 48? 48. Listen to episode 48, and I actually, we were gifted, the podcast was gifted a rod for the Beer Staddle from our boy James over here. I brought it with... Uh, we might have to fire up some stuff later, and maybe even with that barrel aid stuff, so we can show everybody what that's well, all about. It, it give, give a little explanation of what that is. Yeah. Nobody's, uh, listen, nobody's listening to the podcast that's here, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so. That's a boo, right? <laughs> boo, this, boo this man. That's all right, I'll take it through. I'll right, take it through. All right, so the beer style can't hear you. is, is like, <laughs> what? <laughs> the beer style is we, we light up this rod, uh, we get it nice and hot, Thanks, Alyssa. I appreciate you. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate you. We're gonna we're gonna give the full showmanship over here. All right. So this. Yeah, you rod, take a blowtorch. We take a blowtorch to this rod right here. We stir, we stir up some nice barrel aged Oktoberfest. The the tip of the rod is gonna make the top part warm with the foam, and then the bottom part of the beer stays cool. So the way it was described to us is the best way to describe it is it feels like you're getting kissed, because you're getting a little heat and a little cool at the same time. I thought that they, I was skeptical on that, but there's no better way to describe it. So, uh, if anyone wants to get rotted later, you can do that. <laughs> I knew Gary was gonna be the one to make the joke. But, but I knew who there has, was gonna be a joke but, out there. But who has warm lips and a cold tongue? That's a great question, John. Santa. Seems kind of reverse. That, that's a great question. 
It's a reverse kiss. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if my boss allows me to fire this up later. All right, we'll, we'll do it up. Is that cool? Oh. There's a new spot that's going into downtown Wheaton I just learned about. Does everybody know where Emmett's is over here on Front Street? It's closed right now. Thoughts and prayers. Nobody's missing that place, just so you know. Um, the guys from Common Good are going to put a, a speakeasy and a restaurant in that place, which is going to be super dope for Wheaton. It's going to be super dope for our establishment. It's going to bring more people into town. It's going to be great for Proof because I think it'll be opening around the same time. So they're going to really up the game in downtown Wheaton. Um, they said two or three years down the road they're going to put a hotel and a rooftop patio bar on it too. Are you serious? Yeah. So, so it's going to be a super dope concept. Um, they're really excited about it. He said that they're going to be making cocktails in the speakeasy hopefully by 2023. I'm going, I'm going with your advice. He said 2023. 23. Doesn't matter which yeah, he month. Didn't, he didn't say a month. He just said 23. So that'll be really good for Wheaton. Um, we know we make great cocktails here. Proof's going to have great cocktails. They're going to have great cocktails, just more places to drink good cocktails, right? Anybody upset about that? No. That'll be dope. That'll be dope, right? All right, sweet. Gary, you want to talk about the whiskey that we're going to No, I drinking? got breaking news. You got breaking news? Breaking news. Can we get some, some sound effects over here, Jeff? What's breaking news? <laughs> How about you bring your, bring all this magic to Roselle? That's not How about news. it? Roselle needs your love. That's so far away from my house. <laughs> that, that wasn't what I asked you to yeah. do. We need a sound effects, not, not All right, so breaking news, our restaurant group just got our Sazerac barrel selections. No way. So we're doing a, another Sazerac rye pick, an really? Eagle rare pick, and a Wait. Weller foolproof. Wow. No way, dude. All those? All three. We got a third barrel coming. Weller foolproof is the third one. Bam, bam. That's good news right there. That's more bourbon for everybody drinking here. Delicious bourbon that Garrett's going to get to help pick out. And Sean said that he's going to do another single barrel pick with us next year. 100%. Bam. Did, had you discussed that before or did you no. just find out about no, that? No, I just no. said yes. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. That Garrett knows how to ask the right question at the right time so they cannot say no. He's got to one-up the, the, the Sazerac news. I love it. Thanks, dude. That's great breaking news. I'm yeah. excited. When did you find that out? About four hours ago. Perfect. Awesome. What a busy day for us. All right, sweet. So what's the, the pinhook bourbon that you blended with Sean? Give us a little snippet about it. So we talked um, about this on a previous podcast. Um, I got the opportunity to do a, a private blend. Um, it was and it, So it's a three-barrel blend. I didn't think that our restaurant group could handle all three, so we did a, a collaboration with uh, Malloy's. Uh, so Steve, Malloy, myself, and my wife went down, um, and uh, we sat in uh, Sean's business partner, Jamie's living room or same dining room. Same hotel room? Yeah, we all, we all shared one hotel room. Nice. Yeah. Nice <laughs> we, and cozy. Drew straws. We were asleep in the bathtub. Excellent. And uh, the, and we literally just he had his table just filled of uh, single barrel samples. We tasted a bunch of them, took notes, talked about them, and then started figuring out which which barrels we wanted to blend together. Uh, and we ended up on these three, and I think it turned out fantastic. It's delicious, man. Appreciate you guys doing it. Sean said it. it's his favorite bourbon he's ever had in his entire life. I, I don't believe that for a second. Can second. I? I have to be honest. I'm I'm distracted because there was. Someone showed a weird-looking apparatus, described some process with a beer that I've never heard of, even though I'm around food and beverage a lot. Yeah. Then throws in who has cold lips and a warm tongue. And then, without missing a beat, someone says Santa. <laughs> this guy. I'm never going to forget. No, I'm tra I travel almost every week. That whole process. That, that, that whole moment is... That's that was like 20 minutes ago. You're still you're no, I'm it. still dwelling. <laughs> but we could talk about Pinhook as he just, well. He just said yes to the the beer. We <laughs> the could. Barrel. I was just like yes, barrel. And 
I don't, it don't know. It only to took go. ten minutes. We're gonna cut that out. It only took ten minutes. Yeah, that was the, uh, so good. <laughs> all right, so talk, talk, uh, give us a. So you blended a bourbon. Yeah, so we blended three barrels. Um, yeah. It ended up coming out of. We we we, we tried it at different uh, ca- uh, strengths. We decided on the, the the pure cast strength, about 120 proof. I think it turned out fantastic. The restaurant group's got um, 52 six packs. We have got a bunch here. Um, they're sixty dollars a bottle. So Plus after tax, it's like sixty four, eighty two, or something like that. Yeah. Um, if you want, uh, Sean here said that he'd be willing to sign a bottle for you if you wanted to pick one up. Uh, I'm going to have him sign like three for myself. Um, there, so you can get that. You can get that from Joe, our bartender. Um, and then, if you want to get a, a T-shirt or the the, ch- the chimney glass, uh, we can take care of that too. Nice, nice, good plug. Um, our customer of the week. This is, I know, everybody's kind of favorite. Well, a lot of our listeners is their favorite segment. Um, I didn't get to experience this here, but. My co-manager told me that she had to give a lady nine different forks before she found the right one that was perfectly aligned for her salad. <laughs> so I got to hear all about that for about 20 minutes. So I'm just going to reiterate exactly what she said at the end of the night when we kind of getting a little drunk, and I'm just going to make fun of that lady for a little bit. Can't wait. Yeah. Have you ever experienced anything like that? I've had, like, multiple different, like, um, like... Like, one, like, like super bent. Yeah. Or one, like, or t- one or two. Or, like, there's, like, a fingerprint on it. Yeah, nine. Yeah, we'll get into can that I, in a little bit. Can I share my favorite restaurant story? Yes, please. That's why you're here. I was working in the, a restaurant called Blue Water Grill in New York, and one of the servers, I was a sommelier, and one of the servers called me over the table, and the woman was eating the octopus salad, and she said, I ordered the octopus salad, but this is chicken. No. Um, it's like the rubber, rubberiest chicken No, ever. no, I think it was actually the opposite. It was so tender. Yeah. She never had octopus, maybe that wasn't rubbery. But anyway, it was a very awkward moment because I simply had to explain to her that it was in fact octopus. <laughs> but there was just something about the simplicity of it. It was yeah. like you're called over and someone's like, this is, no, I ordered the octopus, this is chicken. And I'm like, I mean, I see tentacles. And <laughs> like Two very different things. Very it's much, moving. it's yeah. very much octopus and I don't know where to go from here. So. I promise you, those tentacles are from an octopus. Can you imagine if chicken had tentacles? It would be awesome. Oh, also, I apologize for not bringing up any more microwave stats. I meant to look them up. I'm glad we're, we're over that. I'm there, glad we're past that. There's still time. No, there's not. Don't bring that up. All right, All right sweet. So next uh, segment we got is our yearly industry ebb and flow. Yeef. This is where we talk about things that uh, the, the restaurant industry is ever evolving, and this is how we change it up throughout the year. Uh, obviously, yesterday was Labor Day. How cool is it that we're extending the Labor Day weekend into a four-day drinking weekend for you guys by doing this right here? Yeah. Huh? Uh, now we're just making your livers hurt even more it's tomorrow. It's a five-day. They all took off Friday. Oh, everybody took off this yeah. five-day drinking no, weekend? No one here worked on Friday. <laughs> Did you work on Friday, Sean? Friday. Yeah, I worked. I worked on Friday, too. Did well, you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Johnny, did you work on Friday? Or did you kick out of your early? My boss is here. No. Half day. Half day? <laughs> she just had a computer on. Log it in. <laughs> I got this thing that kind of just runs like the mouse. So it can just track movement. You got the cats at home just batting it? Yeah. So it acts like it's doing something? Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So Labor Day happened yesterday. And uh, social, it was like the busiest Monday ever. And all my staff was super happy to work, be working doubles on that day. Uh, I appreciate you, Alyssa, <laughs> for working a double that day. Uh, and everybody else that worked doubles. All right. So... 
now we're gonna get to the good portion of the night, which is whiskey. Yeah, let, let's go. Let's go, right? So we're on to the whiskey portion, and um, I'm actually gonna let Garrett kind of start this off, even though we just talked about what is, exactly it is. But Garrett, this is kind of Garrett's baby, and he's super proud of it. So why don't you kick it off, G? I'm super proud of it because it was so much fun to do. And Sean and his business partner uh, Jamie were like so hospitable and super super nice that like it didn't. And it was cool to bring Molly down and like, like show her like what I did. I don't think she's ever going to come down ever again. But the she said she yeah. she said earlier she wants to go back, but she needs some support. Yeah. Yeah, so I think next time I do, I bring her, we need to bring, like, another wife or... I got you. Yeah. So you got to have some friends. Yeah. Perfect. Um, totally threw you under the bus there. The, um, it was really neat because um, I was with uh, two people that were super, super smart about um, sensory and tasting and, um, and, the, and the act of blending. So uh, Jamie is a... Or sorry, Sean is a, uh, a master sommelier over here and he's like how he goes about his his tasting process and the, and, and nosing the whiskey is like way more than I've ever done in my entire life or anything so that was really really neat um, Steve from Malloy has got an incredible palate I think we've done a couple of his picks on our on our podcast and they're they're nails so it was really cool to do that I think I like the barrels that I thought that were going to work the best together I think were the, the most interesting actual single barrels but they didn't work together as the blend and having them to like help like guide that so I think I definitely didn't like pick the three the, my first three didn't were like was like a bad combination like the one I wanted to have in there every time and we kept on putting it in it totally sucked but uh the compared to like what we ended up finishing and that wasn't even my idea I just went along with it because it, it was so good um and it was really interesting is we were um John and I were talking about this that uh the when we blended it at um at their at Jamie's house the the blend wasn't nearly as good as it is now. Um, I think it's gotten so much better. It's evolved uh, a little bit. Yeah, spending more time together in a, a, a metal bat. What do you What do you guys blend it into? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's blended into tanks, but I, I think it's also just, I mean, usually it'll spend 36 hours in the tank. Yeah. Whereas when you're blending the way we were so from like samples. 3.6 seconds, yeah. Three, three seconds. Um, I should add, though, just for a little context, right? So we were sitting there with six single barrels, right? If, and we were going to blend three of them. So you have 20 possible combinations of three. We didn't go nearly that far. I don't know. Don't we might have God. done six or yeah, six or seven, six yeah. or seven, something like that. Um, but that, to me, is really the whole fun of blending, is you actually have way more options and possibilities than a single barrel, right? You have all these combinations. Um, I think the other thing that makes it fun and we were talking about Buffalo Trace earlier, is that we don't have a flavor profile. That's kind of the essence of what we do. So normally, I would say when you're picking single barrels, or even if you're doing a blend as Woodford does, um, I think Makers does something like that, they're kind of stacking the deck because they don't want it to veer too far away from their profile. In this case, the single barrels are truly random, except for age. They were uh, a mix of four and five-year-old barrels. but there was no pre-tasting of the barrels to make sure that they met a certain profile or criteria. So in turn, that the blend would hit a certain, at least range from a profile standpoint. It's truly at random, and that's why we call it true small batch. One, because if anyone's ever seen, I don't know if anyone knows in the industry, but if, if you see a, a label that says small batch, it has absolutely no meaning whatsoever. You could blend 5,000 barrels together and call it a small batch, so there's no um, 
there's this is no, kind of like a relative term, right? There's no prerequisite. It's relative. Yeah, you can just throw a small batch on a label and, and do call what, it small batch. And do right? whatever you want. So yeah. I, I thought it was kind of fun that we could say, since there are no rules, we'll call ours true small batch and say, well, I think if you're blending only three, four, five barrels together, that actually sounds like a small batch to me. And so that's really the essence of this program is this idea of taking a small number of barrels with no pre preconceived notion of what it's supposed to taste like and really leave it up to, in this case, it was Garrett and Steve, and let them make the best whiskey that they could. And I well, truly- we're a good product to start with, too. It's good whiskey. But I think the other thing that we learn, which I always say when we do these small batches, is your blend is always gonna be better than the best single barrel. Because it's like cooking. You're layering flavors, right? So if you had six single barrels, and you could choose, and I don't mean just from a volume standpoint, but in terms of quality of whiskey, if you could choose between do I want to pick the one out of the six that's going to be the best or do I want to make a blend, your blend is always going to beat the best single barrel. If you take the time. Because, again, you have barrels with different characteristics, and if you can layer them together in the right combination, you're going to end up with something really special. That makes sense to me. Um, should we all try this together, guys? Yeah. Everybody got some whiskey in front of you? Cheers. Cheers to Sean who, uh, and, and Garrett and Lois who uh, distilled this together or blended it together. I'm, uh, I've had it before and I'm excited to drink it again. So I'll just mention too, in case anyone doesn't know, so we're, uh, we do not have a distillery. So we either do what's called sourcing, so you're buying barrels from other distilleries. But in this case, this is our contract distillation from a distillery called Castle and Key, which is the former Old Taylor Distillery in Frankfort, Kentucky. You should um, definitely, if you're down there, you've got, you need to stop by and take a look at it. People will say, and I take no credit because we truly have no ownership in it, but people will say it's the most beautiful distillery that they visit in Kentucky. But if you've seen from Buffalo Trace the E.H. Taylor label, that actual distillery that was built in 1887 by Colonel E.H. Taylor was shut down in 1972. And then friends of ours bought it and restored it over the last seven years. So uh, our bourbon was the first bourbon to come out of there in half a century. Um, so this is all distilled at Castle and Key, the former Old Taylor Distillery, uh, aged in the original rickhouses that were, you know, construction started in 1887. Um, they had put in new stills, obviously, because everything hit, was, was pretty destroyed uh, after 50 years of neglect. I would hope so. Um, yes, it looked like a zombie, yeah. a crazy zombie this movie. bourbon tastes like rust. Um, and this is 100, 120 proof, so this is, uh, Just this light packs a punch. Yeah. I don't think it tastes like 120. No, it doesn't. I think this, I think this drinks more like one, 107, maybe. Um, but it's still going to affect you like 120. For sure. But I don't think it's got that like that. I think like we talked about this before. Like the first sip, you shouldn't judge. Is the second one, you've now opened your palate to what we what you're drinking here. I think then that second sip, you're not. There's not a huge bite in the back of the throat. No, it's you it's very little, soft. You get a little bit in the back molars, but. Very soft. It's a soft Kentucky hug, right? And, yeah. Uh, Sean, what's the, the mash bill on this? This is 75 corn, 15 rye, 10 barley. Perfect. I think it's super balanced. Um, it's great flavor and not a lot of heat on the back end, like you just said. Um, we were drinking some Black Manhattans with this earlier. How did you guys like that? Tasty? Everybody who had a Black Manhattan with, I think that that's a good option. You get the bitterness from the, the Amaro in there, and it uh, really uh, can brighten it up a little bit, which is, fa which is fantastic. Uh, you specifically, you. You know oh. what this. You know what this reminds me of because Garrett and I were both <laughs> saying that we hate uh, tasting notes. Is my background is in wine, so that's always my reference point. There's a region in Burgundy called Gevre Chambertin, which is they they call those wines 
the iron fist in the velvet glove, which is to say intensity and power wrapped in finesse and elegance. Nice. So I'd like to think that's what you get here. I like that. It's a little bit of both intensity and richness and power, but with great finesse description. and balance. So we just talked about how we did this blending. How does um, when you do your um, when you do your vertical series, or if you do your your standard uh, bourbon or rye release? What's you told me about your your blending? How you guys do that? I think it's super interesting. I want you to tell everyone else how you guys decided. Like, sure. Instead of just taking single barrels. Yeah. So I I guess to just step back for for one second. I was I was a sommelier. I worked in restaurants. Oh yeah. How did you get your start? I got very excited about bourbon because I was working in a restaurant called Per Se in New York, which was kind of cool. And we were opening five and ten thousand dollar bottles of wine, which is interesting to be able to taste those wines. But also, it's a little sad because really nobody gets to taste those wines unless you have way too much money or you work as a server in a restaurant. It was kind of an odd dichotomy. But um, I really got into bourbon, and this was like in 2005 where there, were, there was no, well, there was Pappy Van Winkle, but this idea of allocated, expensive bourbons didn't exist. And I was pretty blown away by the quality of bourbon for the price. And this is when Elijah Craig 18 was $48 on the shelf. So there was a lot of delicious things to access for not very much money. And I just fell in love with bourbon, and this is a very condensed version, but I decided to open a bourbon bar, which I did in 2008. I opened a bourbon bar in Brooklyn called Char Number no. 4. Um, and, you know, not for anything but just being passionate about it, not having any foresight, but we were really ahead of the curve. Um, and so I really got to be around bourbon before it blew up. And the thing that was most interesting to me is that, and it's still mostly true, is that all bourbon is being made with a homogenous flavor profile, but there's so much variability, as we were describing earlier, in the barrels. And so I didn't understand why everything was being made to always replicate a flavor profile when you had the opportunity to make something unique. Obviously, wine is all about the idea of taking a unique harvest and making the most delicious wine you can each year, and the variability is part of the fun. And so Pinhook really started with the idea of taking a winemaker's approach to whiskey and saying, why can't we make vintages of bourbon instead of replicating the same taste over and over and reverse engineering a blend? Because the barrels are constantly changing because of the weather, because of the wood, because of the microclimates in the rickhouse for so many reasons. And what all the big guys are constantly doing is trying to hide the fact that the whiskey is always changing. And I was just interested again in this idea of, well, in wine, you showcase the uniqueness. And so that really is the genesis of Penhook. Nice. So you guys embrace the, the differences of each barrel and, and what the, the, the land gives, for it, gives you for it. It's what land, what nature. And it's really, honestly, it's, I think single barrels, at least for enthusiasts, are the single most popular thing in, in the world of, of bourbon. And the reason people love them is for the uniqueness, right? They like the idea that you put four barrels in front of you, they're all the same age, same mash bill, and they can taste wildly different. Well obviously you can apply that to blending, right? It doesn't have to um, end at the single barrel. It can extend to blending. And so as Garrett was pointing out, all of our blending is a macro version of what we did together, right? So we had six, we had six barrels and we did a three barrel blend. If I do a 100 barrel blend, we'll pull 130 barrels. That's an unwieldy number of samples to work with, so we'll condense them into equal parts of 10 single barrels into one sample bottle. Yeah, you're going to so need an Uber for that. What's sure. that? You're going to need an Uber for that. Yes. 130 single barrels? Yeah. Yes. 
You got to and, and just, it just but also just like you would have to take equal parts of a hundred right. from a hundred samples. So we consolidate them into. So you've now consolidated one thirty to a thirteen, if that makes sense. You have ten equal parts across one hundred and thirty barrels. And now instead of trying to do, now I can just take what I call these blocks, try to figure out the best ten block blend, which is a hundred barrels. But here's the fun part. If you have, and I had, we had to have someone else on our team smarter than me figure this out. I guess it's called factorial math. If, if you're blending 10 of these blocks and you have 13 of them, you have 400 possible combinations of 10. So we don't go, we don't go anywhere near that, obviously. Um, but it just shows the actual range of possibilities. You could make 400 unique blends. And so what we do, and we did a smaller version of it with Garrett and Steve, is you keep ex you've you've tasted through all 13 of these blocks we have a pretty good idea of how good the whiskey can be based on how some of the blocks come together and then you just start taking different goes at at 100 barrels or 10 blocks until you get to something that you think is a phenomenal whiskey and that becomes our vintage and then next year we start over so we don't sit there in the room with the previous vintage and try to make it taste different or taste the same we just start over every time, and, and that, that's what makes it really fun. Do you ever like get one of those blocks and be like, this is just so good, we're not mixing with anything else? It would, I mean, and I think... And then sell it to Mash well, and Burger Social? I think that point is actually why we have this whiskey, yeah. in a way, is that idea of it's fun when you work on a smaller scale, and so that's why we created this program, which is really gives you that opportunity. I think it's super interesting. When, I, when he first told me that, I was like, it's a lot of samples. Like, how do you even like even come close to figuring out how to blend this? And it's just like a two-man operation. But well, we, obviously, with the experience that they have, and, well, yeah, and, but I mean, yeah, the palate is is the key, right? And it's your job, but yeah. like, it's just it's just overwhelming when you think about like how do you even start? One of the things I uh, so I, I did a lot of research about you guys this afternoon. All I knew before this was that you guys made delicious bourbon and rye. Thank you. Um, Looking at like the packaging, we always discuss the packaging on the bottles. The, the you read my mind, Mike. Is, is, Johnny <laughs> loves the packaging. You read my mind. I'm sorry if I if I jumped on this one for it's you. Okay. So one of the cool things about uh, I love horse racing. Um, you guys are obviously you know go hand in hand with horse racing. Bourbon yep. and horse racing have like a steeped history together. I didn't even realize that pin hook, pin hooking is a term from horse racing, and that really emulates the style of like how you guys do what you do. You guys, can you just give us like a little snippet on that and how that correlates? Absolutely. So, as I mentioned, the, the idea of doing vintages and taking a winemaker's approach was where we started, but we had no idea how we were going to express that in terms of what's the name and what's the story and what's the packaging. And so, Jamie, who was a very close friend of one of my founding partners who uh, Garrett met, and that's it, we blended at Jamie's house. Um, grew up in throwback horse racing. His dad was a vet at the track. And so when we would go to Kentucky to check on our barrels, we'd hang out with Jamie and he was just explaining what he did for a living. And he's talking about pin hooking, which is kind of a cool sounding name. And I'd never heard of it before. He's explaining a pin hook in thoroughbred horse racing is you buy a baby thoroughbred based on its lineage with the explicit intent of selling it for a profit when it's mature. So you're flipping horses. It's, it's, it's weirdly the money-making side of thoroughbred horse racing because the, the racing part is super risky and you hear about these horses that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but most of the time you pay a lot of money for a horse that never does very well. Um, and so pin hooking is actually kind of the nuts and bolts of thoroughbred horse racing. And we knew that we didn't want to have a distillery 
and we were intrigued by this idea of also being really transparent about what we did. And we connected the dots that we were pinhooking bourbon, right? We don't make bourbon, we buy baby bourbon based on its lineage, you know, where it was made, with the idea that we'll sell it when it's mature. Um, and so that's how, that's how Pinhook came about. Um, and I mean, to me, what's fun about it is it was all organic. It was just friends hanging out with in, in Kentucky um, and learning new things and, and trying to figure out a way to tell a story about what we were trying to do that was unique with, uh, nice. with bourbon. Yeah, that's a good, uh, yeah. That's a great story about the lineage of the company and how it came to be. And I want to talk more specifically about your bottle choice. Uh, I always mm. thought that uh, the more slender bottle, like an Eagle Rare or E.H. Taylor, like sort of like tall bottle makes sense to make yourself in that same lane. Yeah. But then you took a, yourself a step further and dipped it in wax like Maker's Mark. I think that's brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I think we were, you know, I think the idea was how do you communicate to people through the packaging that, and I think that's the same idea with Maker's Mark, right, is that you're paying a lot of attention to what you're doing and nope. that you care about what's inside. So you, by, you know, you can, people can say packaging is packaging, but I think it's a way of sending a message that you spend a lot of time thinking about what you're yeah. doing. No, I love it. I love, I love that tall bottle style, just personally. And then just the extra wax on top sets it apart. Love it. I also came from the restaurant side where I knew that a tall, skinny bottle, it fits in the well. Not that this necessarily belongs in the well, yeah. but some of our other product does. But it's easy to spot. And there are certain bottles people make them and they won't fit in a well or they take too much space on the back bar. Yeah, no, so but also if it's on the back size. bar, you got, a, you got a taller bottle with your with it's gonna the, stand out. the design a little bit higher so it'll stand out in the back bar, yeah. So talking about the packaging just a little bit more because we geek out about this a lot. Yeah. Um, you guys are partnered with a stable called yeah, Bourbon so, Lane Stables. Yeah, so that was the other piece. So Jamie had explained the pinhook thing to us. He also has a, a stable called Bourbon Lane Stable, Super which he dope. created before pinhook. And he created Bourbon Lane Stable because he loved bourbon. It was really that simple, and he thought it would be fun. I love bourbon. I'll call my stable Bourbon Lane Stable, and I'll name all of my horses with bourbon in the name of the horse. That way, if anyone sees one of my horses racing anywhere in the United States of America, they'll know that it's one of my horses. And so we had... If I saw a horse that had a bourbon name in it, I'm betting it no matter what. A hundred percent. I don't care what the... And I, I think, care so, what the, and I think there are a lot of people are. who share that philosophy. Yeah. So, so Bourbon Dini so is Bourbon the actual is horse? The actual horse. So, this was our, this is what I would like to think. We're not the first people to obviously put a horse on a label. This was our actual unique contribution to the world of bourbon as it pertains to horses, is we felt like Makers does a commemorative bottling for a horse that already won the Derby. Blanton's has a horse on top, no connection to thoroughbred horse racing. Woodford does a Derby bottling each year. They put the same juice in the same bottle. It's just a different label. Like, how can we do something that feels more real and special? And the idea we came up with was, all right, we think it's called Pinhook. It's about vintages. What if each year is a new horse? And what if each year we ask Jamie to pick the horse in his stable that he thinks has the best chance of winning the Kentucky Derby? So it's an unproven horse, usually a two-year-old horse. Derby's for three-year-olds. And so you don't know how the horse is going to do. Some of them have terrible racing careers, as most horses do. Uh, but we felt like that was the part that made it real, was the idea that the horse might fail horribly or the horse might be a champion and horse racing and bourbon is all about taking a bet on something that hasn't yet developed and what it might mature into 
Um, and so Garrett mentioned our vertical series, the horse on there, one of Jamie's horses, ran in the Preakness and the Belmont. Fourth place finish in the Florida Derby kept uh, Bourbon War from being in the, running in the Derby. But um, so what we like to do, I think I mentioned this to you, every time we see Jamie, we bust his chops and say, Jamie, where's our Derby horse? And he always likes to point out there are 25,000 foals born in Kentucky each year and only 20 spots in the Derby. So it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to pull we, off. We went to Keeneland after we did the, the blending, and I was like betting every race as because I'm a degenerate and I want to bet the, the races. And uh, and Jamie bet one race, so he told me which one he was betting on, and I put I I like doubled down on it. I think I think it ended like sixth and sixth in the race. Like it, you didn't win it, any money. Uh, no, the, the horse like. I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure it finished the race. <laughs> it's still running right now. Yeah, it's still going. Yeah. It's still running. It just yeah. veered off. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, it's all the same oats. I'm not. I'm not. I don't care about. The, I don't care about going there first. Uh, so I thought that was really funny. Like, this is the guy who's supposed to know everything about race racing. Mm-hmm. I, I love horse racing, and I love that you guys do a different like etch from your artists for each horse. Um, I think they look dope. They're all different. Some are just the head. Some are action shots. Some are kind of still shots. Yep. Do you ride? Oh no. No. No, I am. <laughs> I am not allowed bourbon and riding. Don't no. I am a hundred percent. In fact, not only do I not ride, my the thing where I have fun with Jamie is I intentionally every time we're at the track, I just say nonsensical things about horses. Um, I talk about the horses paws, just anything I know that will. You mean hooves? (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Hooves. Allegedly. Allegedly. just to, just to piss him off? No, to piss him off. Yeah. I told him I'm going to write a book called uh, The Pounding of, of the Paws, an outsider's uh, look at the world of thoroughbred horses. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know anything, but I do spend a lot of time at Keeneland, and it's, it's the most fun. You, it's you, had a good, you had a good time. It right? was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. It was so nice. Well, who thanks, li- who thanks likes for- this whiskey, by the way? Is yeah, everyone enjoying this? It's tasty, isn't it? I think it tastes pretty damn good. Probably buy a bottle. Everybody, everybody should buy a bottle and have uh, Sean sign it. And if you want us, to, if you want the bottle to be devalued before we le- you leave, the three of us will sign it too, and then it'll be worth nothing. You might as well just walk out of here with a bottle of just water. Just throw it on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll put the beer stottle in there, and we'll see how that goes. They should have some warm and warm and cold whiskey on your lips. That'll be fantastic. What would that be like? And so that, if the beer was Santa. What would be the beer struggle and whiskey? I don't even want to think about that. I, I, think, I think we would have to take a break for 10 minutes and then come back <laughs> yeah, and then sure. figure that out. Yeah. Um, I got one more question for you, Sean. Um, obviously, we really appreciate you coming on with us uh, and uh, sharing your time with us. You're probably a busy guy doing a bunch of different stuff. It's just cool how like each season, like you were talking about earlier, you guys just do different whiskeys. So you have... Your bourbon, your rye, you have a high-proof bourbon yep. and a high-proof rye, right? Yep. So those are your four cores. Yes. And then tell us a little bit about uh, either collaborations or blending with other people that you've experienced, uh, and then we'll get these uh, fine folks some more whiskey before Absolutely. we start to wrap it up. Yeah, so I, I, I mean, to me, what keeps it fun, like I mentioned, is the vintages, but also I spend a long time in restaurants, and I... Uh, I don't know, I think of whiskey kind of the way I think of the, sh- the really great chefs I worked with, right? They always wanted to change the menu, and they always wanted to see what was in season, and if you told them you can only make these five dishes and you just have to make them perfectly for the rest of their life, your lives, they'd be super depressed. Um, so we try to keep it fun, and, and our collaboration is one way of doing that. So we still try to 
pin hook cool barrels. Um, actually, I haven't talked about this with anyone. I'll just. Can I break this incredible news on this podcast? More breaking uh, news. More yeah. breaking news. Yeah, here Is that we go. Allowed? Yeah. If we had a sound effects know. guy that, that did a good job, we'd bring him up. Let's go to Roselle. I don't even know if I'm allowed to do this, but there's I don't have any handlers. So you're no the one, you're no the boss. One, no one can stop me. Um, so last year we did a, a fun blend with some barrels we bought from Wyoming whiskey with my friend Andre Mack, who's a he was the head sommelier per se when I was there. He worked at the French Laundry. That was really fun. This year. We bought some barrels from Still Austin. Anyone heard of Still Austin? They're making really good whiskey. They're one of my favorite up and coming distilleries. So I was lucky to get them to sell us 25 barrels. We did a 20 a barrel blend. Um, I worked with Garrett Oliver, who's a, a friend of mine. Anyone know Garrett Oliver? He, he, he does the popcorn downtown. Okay. Um, he's the other Garrett of fame. It's the first time I've been able to make that joke. Garrett Oliver is the brewmaster for the Brooklyn Brewery, and he's phenomenally talented, and so I, I worked with him on this blend, um, so that will be coming out. And I will say, because this doesn't compete with anyone uh, that we're sitting with here, that those special releases we released through, uh, we're the only folks in the industry to have a text-to-buy app that's called Breeze. That was going to be my next question. Uh, you can find it on our website. Bullshit. And it was. <laughs> it's the only way. I don't want to write it down so you do it. I was trying to figure out how to get around this whole, and we were talking about this earlier, the allocation business. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's, um, it's insane. Because they, the it's um, terrible. The brand can like decide who gets product or the, the distribution company can decide. But really the distributor sides, the, the distributor decides, but then the stores decide which of their customers. And what I find is unfair yeah. is, a store will reward someone who just buys a lot of wine but doesn't even like whiskey, but because they bought so much wine, they'll give <laughs> them this. I don't know anything about that. I'm, I live in Louisiana. Um, but our, our platform is about the idea of people who sign up. It's a no cost associated with it. We give everyone the best access to all the limited stuff that we do. So nice. we're trying to democratize the idea of the special limited release so instead of giving it 30 cases to this state and 30 cases to that state and then it gets sprinkled out to these stores we're saying if you sign up for breeze which means that you like penhook then you're the one who gets to make sure you get the next release of the vertical series or the collaboration series or the artist series so everybody in here can sign up for that? Or? Yes, anybody can sign up for anybody, it. There's no, what's the name of it again? It's Breeze? called Breeze. If you go to our website, you can just sign up for it. And the, the fun thing about it, it's, it's all via text. So once you sign up, we don't send a lot of text, but when we do a special release or you get early access to vertical, whatever it is, you get a text, and then you can just say yes to buy or don't respond yes. at all. You said yes. You're spending like $15, $20 more in shipping, but what's interesting And it's legal? That, you can just ship it to the house? Well, it's, so it's still through the, the three-tier system, so we work with a network of distributors, so it's, or sorry, a network of retailers, so it's still going through the distributor, through the store. But ultimately, we're still able to make sure that the people that sign up can yes. get. So it's not nice. shipping to your house, it's, it's going to ship to... No, it'll ship to your house. Oh, will, it, will it? Yeah. I didn't know that was legal. I, didn't, I don't think it's legal in Illinois. Network. I don't know anything about it. Perfect. I'm going to sign up as soon as this is done. I've already and, uh, signed we'll up. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. Have you, you gotten anything as soon as yet? It, no, I, no. 
Okay, so I'm waiting for the text for this. I got you for the seven. That's kind of cool. I don't know of any other distillery or brewery that does that, right? We we were no. early and we got the exclusive, so we they said they wanted to work with us, and we said okay, but no other American whiskey company gets to use this. It's not our platform; it's a third party. So Perfect. we have the yeah yeah screw them. So it's fun. Sweet. So let's give uh, everybody give Sean a hand. Thanks for coming on. Really, really appreciate you, brother. Um, Thank you guys thanks for so much. thanks for doing what you do, taking time out of your day to John. join us. Remember, we have bottles of this for sale through Burger Social, sixty dollars plus tax. We'll all sign it for you, uh, and we'll sign some heads as well. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Baby's More heads are. It's the fiftieth sipping social pot. Yeah, boy, yeah, boy. Our hype man. Fiftieth. Episode. Jeff, for our third show, can you just come up here and yell things behind us? You don't have to pay for a <laughs> ticket. You can just stand right up here with us and just, we'll just cue you. All right? Is that cool? We love you. You just know that, right? Giant Gatorade thing we love water you. to keep us. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> 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 All right, sweet. So, um, so every, anyone, anyone, anyone who buys, anyone who gets a bottle gets two extra raffle tickets. Anyone who gets a uh, any of the, the merch we got gets two extra raffle tickets. We're raffling off a bunch of swag, and we're also raffling off a super wet 15-gallon uh, barrel of our wow. newest single barrel that just dropped at Maze and Mash. It's a 15-gallon 15 15 few barrel. It's absolutely killer. Nice. So, wait, I, the I whole know, barrel? Yeah. I know my time is done, it's but not, I... Wait, it's not full. I, no. I do easy, have to but say... It's wet. I do have to say, we only did 20 of these small batches for the entire country. So, oh, nice! It's yeah. not that's special. This is not a regularly available no. item, and this is one of only I think two restaurants in the country that participated. Yeah. So, us in one in California. I think. This is this is not not easy to get your hands on. Nice, nice. We appreciate that, brother. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners, our families, and friends that support us. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Big thanks to our producer, Johnny, in the Underground Studio. Also, a shout-out to Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. Check one, two, check one, two. How's it sounding out there, guys? Check one, two. How's it sounding? Tony, we sounding good in the back? a boy. Who's Tony? Tony <laughs> he's the attractive dude way back there. He's, I think he's drafting right now. You drafting? boy. Jay Cutler. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have a Sipping Social podcast ritual that we will never do a show without doing this to start the show. Everybody in front of you, you guys should have a shot of Rumplemints. Steve, last show, you guys fired it up right away. Did you wait for us this time? Thank you. Wow. Thank, thank you. <laughs> This is my favorite moment of the evening. Don't ruin it for me. All right, cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming out. We'll get at it in a second. Here's some rumps. Let's have some fun. Cheers, boys. Cheers, brother. Oh, yeah. That's awful. God, was that cold? That was warm. Are you recording? That's a great vintage. Did you test it? The 2022 Rumplemans is delicious. Solid. Wow. Solid. We'd like to give a shout out to our uh, Rumplemans uh, brand, Master, brand manager. That, Master Blender wow. Rumplemans. That, that donated that. Wow. All right, sweet guys. Here we go. Are you going to fire it up? We're going to fire up our intro music, and then we're going to get into it. Everybody have some fun tonight, all right? We're just going to be the background noise. I love you. 
Here we go. Here we go.